Everybody's got their phones off? No. I do. But you know. That's I think Papa's work. phone is downstairs. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. Grandpa. And welcome to the 1984 Academy Awards. 1984. I believe we've made it up to 84 at this point. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this is If I Ran the Oscars, our podcast where we look at one movie from each year the Oscars was on TV uh, for an award it won for, but also three other awards at random, so we get a full viewing experience. We like random. We do. Uh, this year, we are unfortunately stopping our two-movie streak of best pictures. What? This but didn't we get... managed to miss the one that this won a whole pile of awards. This didn't get best picture? <laughs> no, Terms of Endearment did. Oh. Yes. And as I understand it, Mom was not disappointed about that. I, I've seen it. I... I didn't really want to watch it again. That's yeah. okay. That's, That's my right. own personal opinion. Uh, we instead watched The Right Stuff, which won four awards, whereas Terms of Endearment won five. Okay. So, you know, still pretty good. Close enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this was Americana. Yeah. This was America is great. Yeah, Go talk, America. Oddly enough, there was, as uh, evidenced by all of the rewriting that happened, this was the less patriotic version. Meaning... Less patriotic... <laughs> they, this was after a rewrite. Okay. The well. original writing didn't have Chuck Yeager in it, focused on the astronauts, and was much more patriotic. In what way? I don't know, because that version did not get filmed. But as it's described in hmm. articles, the original version of the film was much more focused on American patriotism than on individual performance. Was oh. there any explanation for why? Uh, the director? I believe it had to do with the director. Hmm. Not sure. I mean, this one still had plenty of patriotism in it. Sure. Well, are we going to talk about that? or, or Because I've got a few things to say about it. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about, actually, is something that Thankfully, we haven't had to talk about before, but we should because these are the kind of things that don't often get brought up when you're talking about movie performances is uh, Stuntman died filming this. And so above all of the other names, I think it would be fair to say his name. Oh, yeah. His name is Joseph Sveck. He's a former Green Beret, and he died while filming the scene where Chuck Yeager ejects. Because he didn't open his parachute. Uh, Maybe the parachute couldn't open. We, no one knows, but no one his knows. parachute didn't open, and he died while filming. Wow. And thankfully, this is not something that we talk about very often. Yeah. But above everyone else in the film, I think his name should be first. Those, uh, those mechanisms were not foolproof. No. The movie is based off no, of... I didn't know that. Well, it's because it doesn't come up. Right. And it wasn't like a you know special thanks to or like in memory of at the end of this movie. Right. Which is weird. Uh, the book by the same name that this is based off of was written in 1979. Uh, the original script was written by William Goldman. Oh, Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. I really appreciate William Goldman. Yep. That's uh, the independent producers did not like that he was ignoring Chuck Yeager in his rewrite. Uh, eventually, once they got Philip Kaufman to be the director, he did not like Goldman's uh, script, and he wanted to put Jaeger back in the film. Okay. So Goldman quit. United Artists, who was currently budgeting it, mm-hmm. pulled out. So Kaufman wrote his own draft, put Jaeger back in it, and then uh, 
then the, found his backing. And then the Lad Company, who I had honestly not heard of before, but mm-hmm. uh, they are like independent producers originally with Fox. Okay. Uh, under Warner Brothers, they distributed Chariots of Fire. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, they also got the right stuff. Outland, Blade Runner, Body Heat, the first two police academies. Okay, they've done a couple things, we'll yeah. just say. The Brady Bunch movie, Braveheart. Wow. They've, I'm sure that not all of their uh, movies that they financed were blockbusters, but they've got a few under their belt. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But, I uh, well, as far as... name dropper names. Yeah, mm-hmm. as far as pre-production goes, that covers most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast in this film, there's kind of a lot of names to go through. But first and foremost is someone that I'm surprised that we haven't talked about. Sam Shepard. Because he's done some things. Right. Uh, he has 10 Obies off-Broadway theater awards. Hmm. He, he is, they are the basically non-Broadway Tony Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has 10 of those for writing and directing. Wow. Uh, he's written 58 plays. He has the Pulitzer Prize for Drama for his play Buried Child in 1979. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this movie. Huh. Uh, yeah, he's done some stuff. Yeah, we haven't talked about him before. His, he had a very, I don't know how many wives he had, but he had one, and I can't think of her name. That... Well, he had a spouse and a partner. He had Olan Jones and Jessica Lang. Jessica. All right. From Cloquet, Minnesota. That's, mm-hmm. I didn't think of her. Uh, hmm. Cloquet, Minnesota, you're not wrong. Yeah. 13th actress to achieve the triple crown of acting Junior. with Academy Awards, Primetime Emmys, and a Tony. Interesting. Uh, next on our list, Fred Ward. He has he was not uh, too... He's not as famous as Sam Shepard, mm-hmm. but he's been in a fair amount of things. Escape from Alcatraz and Tremors are the two I definitely recognize off the list. He did a bit of television. He did. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get to skip to another guy whose name people will probably recognize as Dennis Quaid. Oh, he's uh, been in a few things. He's been in a few things. He's That's another yes. one of those best actors who's never won an Academy Award type mm-hmm. of guys. He's never gotten a nomination. Is that because he's always cheeky? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but... We'd have to ask people that are in the Academy. Definitely. But he, he's got, a, he's another one with a litany of, uh, performances mm-hmm. at... Are always pretty good, but never just the best one of these. So that's interesting. Ed Harris, who some people might recognize as a guy in a space movie. Yeah, right. Part 2, Apollo 13. Yeah, we'll see him again. (laughs) We might see him again. I don't actually know if that one won any awards. But he's been in a lot of other movies. He's Other than Sam Shepard, I think he's the most well-known actor of the group. A lot of recognizable faces, however. Oh, yeah. Uh, Scott Glenn is a pretty recognizable face for people, at least recently, because not only was he in some old movies like The Hunt for Red October or The Silence of the Lambs, he was most recently in the Netflix TV series Daredevil. Huh. He plays Stick. Well, how about that? Yes. And in this movie, he, uh, he was Alan Shepard. Yeah. So, that's interesting there. Lance Henriksen, I'm just going through all of the seven Mercury astronauts here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have huge recognition other than being Bishop in all of the Alien movies. Right. Uh, he was a voice of one of the main gorillas in the animated Tarzan movie. 
He's been a f- the voice of a few major characters in video games as well. So he's had a bit of a comeback there. Uh, he was also in the Navy. I don't know. If, I should have checked everyone else's military service to see where that was going. Yeah, but They were probably not. And the most interesting one, though not famous, is Scott Pollan. Uh, besides being in this movie, which is his most famous, he was in Teen Wolf and Turner and Hooch. And also played Red Skull in Captain America. Oh. Now, those of you who are paying attention will know that, no, it was Hugo Weaving. I don't know what you're talking about. You're no. right. Yeah. In 1990, they made a Captain America movie before Marvel figured out how to actually make movies. And it was really low budget and bad. No, oh, dear. <laughs> but he was in it. Uh, in 90. In 90. Uh, of the ladies in this film, I think the most uh, notable is Veronica Cartwright, right? Mm-hmm. Who played... Uh, uh, Gordo's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she appeared in a lot of things, starting with Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Alien. Uh, she's received uh, three Emmy nominations for her roles in ER and the X Files. So she's been in a few things as well. And the actors just keep going. Yeah, like I said, a lot of because we do need to at least here. touch slightly on the fact that Jeff Goldblum is, if only to because... ma- we just have to mention it. He's been in a lot of things. And I'm sure we're going to talk about him again, but a person that we're not going to talk about, I don't think, is Harry Shearer. I don't know who that is. Uh, he was a re- member of a radio comedy group from 69 to 76. Wait, was this the other guy? This who is was... the other NASA guy. The other... So Jeff Goldblum was a tall NASA guy. And this, and this the is not the short tall... NASA guy. The not tall guy. Uh, he co-wrote and co-starred in This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, Really? And then joined The Simpsons. He's one of... He's like the Simpsons voice actor. He's their go-to male voice actor for everything. He's Mr. Burns, Mr. Smithers, Principal Skinner, Ned Flanders, the uh, preacher, and and others. Yeah. He's there. He does like 27 regular voices on this. Huh. Uh, And though not a person, I do have to mention the press corps. Yeah, because I thought it was over the top for the 1960s. Originally, they wanted contortionists to play the press corps (laughs) and just be like swarming like beetles. Oh, to have it be more like, um, uh, what do you call it? Interpretive dance. Maybe, yeah. But they settled on improv comedy troupe. An improv comedy troupe? An improv comedy troupe played the press corps. Also, did you notice the sound that always accompanied them? It was like tick 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 tick. It was. It was a combination of, among other things, motorized cameras and locusts. <laughs> it was annoying. Whoa. It was. The locusts. How appropriate. Well, it was huh? meant. Yeah. Yeah, it was meant to sound like a swarm yeah. coming to annoy you. Yeah. yeah. It did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good it job. Was annoying. Good job. So. So are you continuing with actors? I, I found it interesting that S- Scott Wilson is his film. What did he do? Well, we've seen him in two other films during this podcast series. Which films were that? In the Heat of the Night and The Great Game. Interesting. Which I thought, oh yeah, I recognize that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was um, Scott Crossfield, not a particularly main character. Yeah. Uh, I... And of course, Goldblum was in it. Yeah. Uh, Brigadier General Chuck Yeager retired. Mm-hmm. Right. Was right. in this film. <laughs> uh, the guy who played Gonzalez, who was a really tall guy, yeah. uh-huh. is actually a Hispanic guy 
who played football. He's just big. He was a really big man. Widely considered one of the greatest offensive linemen in NFL history. He's in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Good for him. Uh, archival footage appearing in this film. Ed Sullivan with Bill Dana in character as Jose Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuri Gargarin and uh, Nikita Khrushchev, uh, along with several other Russian men's. Uh, LBJ and JFK. And then Alan Shepard in some of the Kennedy footage as well. Yeah. So. Who was LBJ? Uh, in this film? Moffat. Moffat. Do you recognize the name Donald Moffat? Yeah. That's who was LBJ. Well, I commented when it was going on that I thought I certainly got some. What do I know? I don't have a picture of him outside of LBJ get up, so I have no idea. I look like LBJ, didn't sound like LBJ. <laughs> Uh, I saw him in something recently. I'm trying to remember what. The Eisenhower guy looks kind of like Eisenhower, at least. But he doesn't have have a Wikipedia page. Okay. In any case, this was an ambitious film. I mean, not not just because it's three hours long. There was a lot of... Well, because it was trying to be historical as well as entertaining. It was. Uh, And that had a lot going on. They got... Footage from NASA, the Air Force, and Bell Aircraft, Mm -hmm. who made X-1. And while doing that, they got their hands on Russian stock footage, which is how they got the actual Russian footage. for Uh, Historical accuracy, there's a few nitpicks. The major nitpick is... uh, John Glenn doesn't hum. No, Gus Grisham and his capsule blowing her. Well, there's that. Because just about everyone says that it was mechanical failure. And they were pretty sure by the time the film was being made. And they still went ahead and portrayed him as possibly making a mistake. Right. Uh, and since he had died, he couldn't defend himself. But uh, multiple astronauts, including Alan Shepard, went to bat for him during this film getting made. Uh, the spacecraft that sank uh, with for him uh, was recovered in 1999 and proved his innocence. Huh. Wow. So that's There you go. There's some facts, people. Yeah. Uh, I only looked up the, the fact that John Glenn did, didn't uh, hum. Yeah, that's that's less of a problem for the script. Right. <laughs> uh, fun things for the script is all of the airplanes. There were a lot of aircraft. There were a lot of airplanes. Uh, Grandpa quickly and easily noted that there was a B-29. It was. Yep, now... That was a beautiful airplane. It was. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it was kind of a nothing. Mm-hmm. It was a big cigar with wind. It was a beautiful airplane in the- Mm-hmm. Just the right dihedral, the right proportions, and it was a joy to fly. Mm. Now, the U.S. Oh, government go. doesn't have B-29s laying around. However, the Commemorative Air Force, a nonprofit in Dallas dedicated to preserving and showing historical aircraft, does have a B-29 laying around. Oh, you were there. Yeah. They, are the, they have the largest collection of airworthy warbirds, over 170 aircraft, and they had it modified to carry the X-1s in during takeoff, at least. Uh, other real aircraft used, uh, Douglas Skyhawk, Corsair II, uh, F-86 Sabre, F-106 Delta Dart, F-4 Phantom II, uh, the Sikorsky H-34 Choctaw and SH-3 Sea King, which I believe were the helicopters, the T-33 Shooting Star and the T-38 Talon, all actually appearing either on runways or in flight. Uh, the X-1... Along with other, th- uh, along with the F-14 and B-29, 
were built in large scale. They did not build them in large scale. They built large numbers of models. Huh. Because they kept blowing them up. Sure, sure. <laughs> but they were even using off-the-shelf plastic models. Because they were appearing in such short shots that they didn't need to be extra detailed. Historically accurate. Mm -hmm. But there was so much quick cut film editing to make Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. seem jarring and frenetic, which worked because it should be. Mm -hmm. Because they only ever did that when things were going to hit drastically wrong. Sure, sure. So, side note. Yeah. The uh, commemorative Air Force has a Minnesota wing. Nice. Oh, I was in it. All right, then. <laughs> I, was a, I was a colonel in that outfit. I had to leave because I just couldn't just couldn't do anymore. Yeah. I, another fun fact, the world premiere of this film was at the Kennedy Center. Okay. Which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, as far as the film itself goes, because we so, should talk a little bit about what it. Were, what was the thing that we randomly selected that this film won an award that was a poorly constructed score. question. I believe it was for the score. The original score. For Bill Conti again. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Gotta see it who else. It patriotic. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the point. This is, I mean, it didn't make me think that I'm going to be humming this. No, it wasn't that. Days. No, uh, wasn't that uh, it was up against Under Fire, Terms of Endearment, Cross Creek, and Return of the Jedi. Hmm. So John he, Williams. He, he beat, beat out John Williams. That's, yeah. That's an but accomplishment. I mean, back Bill Conti was also kind of riding high at this point. He was, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad music. No. no. Not at all. It seemed no, appropriate. I, I it was it very was good. good. I, yeah. I, I, I want to I'll talk about it when I'm a patriot. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next on her list, uh, Best Director, which it was not nominated for. That's a category that I'm I'm not so... So that's like the overall direction of mm-hmm. the film. So the overall success of its presentation mm-hmm. is on the director, essentially. And, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, it wasn't extraordinary. No, this didn't feel extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that usually Best Director and Best Picture go hand in hand, but it was... Nominated for Best Picture, but not Best Director. I noted that uh, the director, Philip Kaufman, Mm -hmm. I was looking at his work and didn't realize how much Indiana Jones work he had done. That's like most of his work Mm -hmm. relates to Indiana Jones. Well, that's fiction. Yeah, correct. pretty interesting. So next is Best Screenplay, which again, not nominated. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would be screenplay based on material from another medium, which of course... Was Terms mm-hmm. of Endearment this year. Sure. Yeah. Because that's based on a novel. But like, it wasn't amazing. Yeah. It was competent. Yeah. Like, this was by mm-hmm. no means a badly written movie. We've watched those before. We've watched badly written yes, movies. Yes, we have. But this was, I mean, it just wasn't groundbreaking. And I think it says something that the director felt like he needed to write his own script to get his own vision going instead of working together with someone to bounce ideas off of and get, like, the best idea possible. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Fun fact, on the screenplay directly for screen, nominated War Game. Mm-hmm. Do which, you want to play a game? That the, one? That's the one. Wow. And last on our random list is costume design. Which I noted a couple times mm-hmm. in my costuminess. Yeah. But not enough to even get nominated because it really wasn't. No, well, it was some good historical, choices. but it wasn't, you know, ball gownish yeah. historical. I uh, although it, I did love the nurse. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the, how 
they made her look extra tall with her costume. They I mean, did. I think she was a tall woman, mm-hmm. but they made her look extra yeah. tall with the type of cap that they put on her and, and the length of her dress and the length of her sleeves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the film won four awards. It won for film editing, score, sound, and sound effect editing. So I think all of those, I mean, I definitely noticed the film editing as we were going. And the sound work for getting rocket noises. Sure. I mean, there's you're not going to have much competition when you're dealing with accurate rocket noises. Well, was, you know, the Jedi. I expect they worked on that a lot. Uh, it was the Jedi, actually. Yeah. <laughs> those yeah. were the two movies for sound effect editing that were nominated. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to go up against Lucas. Yeah, but they did. All right. How much more we got? Grandpa? We got patriotism. We got patriotism. We totally got to talk How about, we feel that? about okay. that. Well, this was this was eighty four. Uh, filmed in eighty three. Yes, and then the Book awards were in eighty four. Yeah, events in sixty. Late late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. Okay. 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 Look here, guys. We got a problem in the country today. In my estimation, a lack of stimulation on the part of the leadership of the country. I noticed particularly in this movie and well, the other ones we've we've done. How many? How much of that music would I? Put in a category of stimulation the country. Over and above or aside or underneath or anywhere else around the movie. What are we doing here? We got probably, I'm not even as a television, so maybe I'm just blabbering. I did notice patriotic music here, of course, mm-hmm. at various times. However, the all-time number one patriotic march in the country is Stars and Stripes. Where was it? It never showed up. It didn't. Should have been. We should be hearing more of it today. <clears throat> I'm going with now how much to go yeah. That's how I feel about it. I can assure you, unfortunately, that the children do not care about the Stars and Stripes. I know this because the children can't name a song to to save their lives. Not a exactly. patriotic song. A song. Well, I can assure you of something. <laughs> that every time I hear Stars and Stripes played, at either post-log or salute yeah. at any, any event whatsoever, there's a lot of this going on. Yeah. Somebody has got to wake the hell up in this country. Yeah. Well, we're tr- trust me, we're trying. So yeah. some of some of, there's people that are trying. Yeah. All right. So overall impressions of the film as a film. Uh, well done film. If you overall. got if you got three hours and it's at your library. Yeah. It yeah. seemed too long for me. There were definitely yeah. there were definitely bananas in this bread basket. Yeah, and there were sort of scenes that just stretched and you yeah. kind of went. Eh, it didn't have to be that. We've long, watched but... tighter three hour movies. Yeah. That's true. As a, as a documentary, it was a little bit, a little bit stretched. But yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the parts that were kept in that that were like historically accurate in the book, but not plot relevant, mm-hmm. probably could have gone. But right. overall, still fine. You got three hours, and you're mm-hmm. sick of watching Lord of the Rings on loop. Definitely throw this one in. Oh, it's a whole generation old. No. Yeah, right. and this is you know important space stuff that. Nowadays, space is all done by civilian contractors. We don't have the American space program so much. Yeah, it's a very different world when you think about the. Yeah, I mean, there were just there were some allusions made during the film that were very political at the time. That mm-hmm. I think most young it would just go by most young people. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Do the thing. Oh, sorry. I have to do my thing. We want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. Bye. 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 Good night.